It's the International Women in Film podcast with your host, Michelle the Trainer. MTT is Michelle the Trainer. Aloha and welcome to episode 15 of the International Women in Film podcast. I'm your host, Michelle the Trainer. Today's very special guest star is Jana Yashanova, M-A-M-E-D-H-C-C. She is the self-published author of A Great Historical Romance, which tells a true story. Love is Never Past Tense is an old-fashioned love story with an original twist of modern history and intrigue woven in. Love is Never Past Tense is a true story of the closing days in the Soviet Union as told by an estranged couple whose lives are shaken by the country's collapse. It shows how lives were twisted by world-changing events, how political turmoil pushed them onto different continents, and how they managed to reconnect years later. Just as Dr. Zhivago is a Russian romance set at the opening chapters of the Soviet era, Love is Never Past Tense uses a second-chance romance to show its closing days. On December 6, 1987, a crowd of 250,000 people demonstrated in front of the White House to demand that Gorbachev, who was visiting at the time, allow Soviet Jews a path to immigration. This protest helped open a window of opportunity. Jana and her family became part of that immigration, but the opportunity was short-lived. Invitations and approvals were needed, and the next door to the United States was closed again for those whose exit visas were stamped after September 30th, 1989. Her visa, which she still has, is dated September 28th. Jana left the Soviet Union as an adult shortly before it disappeared. Back there, she taught college-level Russian language and literature and had a wonderful opportunity to direct a play with her students. Jana is a dynamic and powerful life coach, premier trainer, and motivational speaker. Compared to the Energizer Bunny by one of her clients, she leverages her passion and engaging style to help people overcome adversity and spark the possibilities of their lives. The rest is on her websites. You can visit her at www.loveisneverpasttense.com and at Jana Yashanova, J-A-N-N-A-Y-E-S-H-A-N-O-V-A on Twitter. I will put the rest of the links in the show notes. I really enjoyed talking to Jana. We had a really good time. She's a great storyteller, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Have an incredible day. Thank you. Aloha, and welcome to the International Women in Film podcast. Today's very special guest star is Jana Yashanova, and she was referred to me by a wonderful editor named Rosalind Winton via a wonderful website called Stage 32. Jana, are you there? Absolutely. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Jana is an author of an amazing story that tells the tale of her leaving the Soviet Union and I'm going to just ask her some questions and let her tell us more of this story. So, Jana, how did you manage to leave the Soviet Union? Uh, how did I manage to leave Soviet Union? So, it was uh, left in 1989. And suddenly I found out that the Iron Curtain is open for a short while. To be able to get out, out of the Soviet Union, you need to have a letter, an invitation letter, to go out of the country. Most of the refugees, um, I was a refugee, so most of the refugees 
uh, were receiving these letters because they had uh, relatives in Israel and other countries, mostly in Israel. So I didn't have anyone. And I was teaching at that time uh, at the college, I was teaching Russian language and literature. So I was waiting till winter vacation comes. And I flew to Moscow. I flew to the embassy, Dutch embassy that had inside uh, an Israeli group. The reason that Israeli group was at the Dutch embassy is because Soviet Union did not have relationship with Israel. And I managed to get to the council if it was a consulate. So if it would be an embassy, he would be called ambassador. And he helped me to he helped me to get this letter. So we're we're leaving the Soviet Union. We've gone to the Dutch embassy because the Israeli consulate is at the Dutch embassy because the Soviet Union doesn't have the relationship with Israel. Correct. Correct. Yes. Um, so that person, so that person, the uh, the ambassador, the council, um, he helped me with the papers. So I received the paper that I was able to take it to the Soviet gov- government and ask the permission to leave the country. And the, the whole story is actually in the book, Love is Never Past Tense. The name of the book is Love is Never Past Tense. P-A-S-T-T-E-N-S-E, just so you listeners can hear what we're saying. Excellent. So, several months ago, I found on the internet the book of this man uh, whom I just mentioned, and I'm talking about him in my book. It appeared to be that he wrote his book, and he, uh, his book is called Envoy to Moscow. And I found an interesting moment in that book. Um, those who were able to stamp their exit visas were allowed, uh, before October 1st, 89, were allowed to come to the United States. I found my visa and it stamped September 28th, so two days before the gate was closed. Wow. Um, I was a do- an adult, and I, my mom traveled with me and my child, my daughter. Uh, Soviets allowed to exchange only $126. So you're welcome to go or you're welcome to stay. So we had to leave everything, the house, you know, the cars, and everything that was in the house, and money as well. Wow. And then when was Freedom Sunday? Freedom Sunday, it's an interesting moment. Also, a couple of years ago, here someone told me a story that 250,000 Jewish people gathered uh, at, the, at the square near the White House and demanded that Gorbachev allowed us to leave the country, uh, allowed Russian Jews to leave the country. And uh, if this wouldn't have happened, probably you and I wouldn't be able to talk now. That's amazing. So that was on December 6th, 1987, correct? Correct. Correct. From the embassy, I went back home, and then I had to apply to Russian government, wait for a while. It took um, almost a year. Wow. And then when I got the permission, we left immediately. And then you went straight to Austria was your first destination? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. With the train. Yep. Five 
five or six hundred people, refugees, were traveling in the same train. And then, what was that? The railway station? At the railway station. Uh, are you talking about Austria railway station? Yes. Okay. When we came to Austria, when we came to Austria, we were supposed to be met by some coordinator who was coordinating this crowd, you know, to place them in a hotel somewhere to sleep and be. I'm pretty sure that nobody had more money than I had. Everybody came, went upstairs to the Austrian railway station, and probably an hour later, suddenly a voice, um, I've heard the voice in the microphone. Uh, so the request, request was, to leave the station till 6 o'clock a.m., till 6 a.m., and it was Friday. So the coordinators forgot about us coming. So people are staying outside, and there were a lot of old people, sick people, people with little kids. And I looked at the face of my daughter. She was 12 at that time, but she looked like an old lady, and my mom was getting sick, and I saw how these people were wandering in the square, in front of the railway station and it was snowing and you need to stay like this the whole night. So I went back to the railway station. I found the manager there and I don't remember how I managed to convince him to invite the coordinator. He dragged him out of his bed. 40, 45 minutes later, the coordinator came to the station and he organized some buses, double-deckers, and he placed people in these double-deckers. So it appeared to be that only women and old people can get into these buses. Then I came back, I went back to the station, found again that manager who was probably unhappy to see me, but again, I don't know how I managed it. I convinced him to let the man stay um, through the night in the train behind the station. Uh, until the buses can come and pick them up again and take them to the hotels where the, their families are staying. Um, I was very proud of myself, you know, managing all this. That's wonderful. Thank you. Did you ever talk to any of those people that were there that night? I have no idea who they were. I hardly remember any one of them. But um, it was great that people didn't suffer. Uh, it's all always in my book. It was just a little drop of kindness into into a bucket of humankind, <laughs> into um, a bucket of all good deeds that people should do for each other. And then after the Austria railway station, where was your next stop? Um, then we went to uh, then we went to Italy. So we spent in Austria, probably. Two months and four months in Italy. Uh, then I managed to um, get to American Embassy. And when I talked there to the officials, as soon as they realized where I'm coming from, the war was there. It's like in Ukraine now. They allowed me to come here. And then were you ever in the Czech Republic? Oh, yes, yes, I was. I was recently, yes. Oh, that was recent? Yes, I was recently uh, in Czech Republic. I was in 2010. And if you ask me if the world, how the world seems to me big or small, then I can tell you a story that it seems to me interesting. 
They want it so? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Tell us, tell us. Yes, yes, yes. So this is what happened. I was staying, I was writing there. I went there for a long time. It's a gorgeous place. It's one hour away from Prague. And um, at the hotel, I met a young man. He was 28 or 30, I don't remember. 28 probably. And uh, he asked me, Some someone introduced us. And they, this lady who introduced us said that he is from South Africa. And I said, oh, I, it was a Russian. And I said, uh, not from South Africa, from South America. And I said, uh, I'm from North America. And he said, I'm also from North America. Oh, great. And he said, but there are so many states there. Where are you from? I said, I'm from Ohio. And he said, I'm also from Ohio. <laughs> then he said, there are so many cities there. Where are you from? I said, I'm from Columbus. He said, I'm also from Columbus. He spoke his he spoke in broken Russian. And then I thought, I thought, huh, what should I ask him to support the conversation? And I, I, I said, I asked him, and what are you doing? And he said, I'm graduating from medical school, uh, t- taking my internship now. And I looked at him attentively, looked at his age. I recalled that my mom um, was telling me that Dora's, her friend's grandson, went to medical school and my my daughter went to take another degree and she was telling me all the time my daughter should be a doctor so i looked at him and i said is your grandma is your grandmother's name dora (laughs) yes and then he said oh and i know your mom the the lady who, who was a lawyer in russia i said yes sure so we became friends now we see each other once in a while like once in ohio in Ohio, yes, correct. That is a fantastic story. So you had to go all the way <laughs> from Russia to Austria to Italy to the United States yes. on holiday to the Czech Republic to find another person from Russia who lives very close to you in Columbus, Ohio. Correct, and he lived in the same hotel with me. Wow. And here, how can I answer the question, is the globe small or big? <laughs> Well, that answered that question. (laughs) So in the book, Love is Never Past Tense, uh, with these stories, you tell these stories. I know you tell the train station story. Tell us a little bit about the book. So the story, it's a second chance romance, and it is very hard to classify it. By the way, uh, Friday, it starts a huge sale. I have two PR people. One is in the UK, one is in South Africa who are promoting the book. So the sale starts uh, on Friday of uh, ebook. I hope it will do well. They're telling me that they're making it a bestseller. We'll see. The, it's a second chance romance, as I said. And as I mentioned earlier, it's hard to classify genre because it's adventure, it's a love story, it's political, it's a historical romance, it's a contemporary romance, so you name it. And people really like it. I have great reviews on Amazon. And actually, the book got absolutely by chance into hands of a screenplay writer. So he fell in love with it and wrote the screenplay. What's his name? His name is Walter Cohen. Walter Cohen? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And uh, now I am looking for a production partner or 
people who would be interested in, in the play. By the way, the screenplay, uh, I met totally by chance here in Ohio, J.W. Uh, Myers. He is, he is the person who directed, maybe even produced uh, the Christmas Tree Miracle in the pledge and I don't know uh, what other films. So he read the script, this is what he wrote. He said, okay, finally I read the script. I really, really love the script. The characters are engaging and interesting. And it genuinely hooked me and kept me interested through the entire read. I really enjoyed it. It's an old fashioned love story with an original twist of modern history and intrigue woven in that uh, felt very original to me. This is what he said. Oh, what else he said? He said, I think your screenplay writer did a really great job with the script. I expected to have a lot of criticism, but I do not. It was simple, straightforward, and easy to understand. How is that? That's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Some people are saying that the story reminds them Dr. Zhivago, but Dr. Zhivago is the events are taking place at the beginning of the Soviet era. And um, my novel um, describes the end of the Soviet era. Some people compare it with notebook. The notebook. Everyone loves the notebook as a romance. Yes. So, but and, there are wonderful multi-genre films. I've been listening to the book written about the Princess Bride, and they had a lot of problems classifying that movie. I mean, there's no relationship to your movie, but you know that was a sort of a fusion of a, you know, a fairy tale, a romance, a comedy. So in the book, Carrie Elwes mentions that it was very hard to classify, to categorize yes. that movie but that movie has become a classic so wonderful things could be not categorized so one of the producers who also had my book in his hands said that nothing like this was shown on american screen so we'll see what happens currently i met a person here in columbus who offered me to help uh, to help with the investors so I'm still looking for a producer, maybe who will get some help. Let me read the log line to the listeners. Okay. So the log line for the book, Love is Never Past Tense, is their summer hot romance leads to a hasty marriage, a quick divorce, and years of struggling to survive the fall of the Soviet Union until the lovers find each other again from opposite sides of the ocean. I'd, I'd love to see this. <laughs> I think it sounds amazing. So with all of this stress and ending up in Ohio, after all this traveling and leaving everything behind, how do you deal with all of your stress? Um, you won't believe it. I get an, got an outstanding idea. I realized that psychologists won't help me. The gym where I'm going very often, like four times a week, it's often for me for me. I started flying an airplane, so I'm taking classes, small airplanes. That's and, incredible. And I can send you a picture if you want. <laughs> yeah, we want to see a picture. We can put it on the show notes. Sure. I think that's a wonderful skill to have. And it's so enjoyable. You know, my first idea was 
to go up there and to look at the trees and now you know you feel like a bird so how long will it be until you can fly over here to los angeles and visit me let me get the license <laughs> and we can find you a producer that, that would, would be fantastic that would be great wouldn't it be great absolutely so all of Jana's links will be in the show notes. Again, the book is called Love is Never Past Tense. Thanks again to Rosalind Winton for the connection. I knew that this was a very unique story, so I wanted to hear it directly from the author and the woman who experienced it. If you have any questions, please send them my way, and I will send them to Jana. Or, again, you can find all of her links in the show notes or visit her at loveisneverpasttense.com, P-A-S-T-T-E-N-S-E. Anyway, Jana, thanks so much for reaching out, and let's not forget to thank Rosalind again. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Hey, we're not done. We forgot the greatest story ever. I wanted to ask Jana what the most important thing her mother ever taught her. Okay, the story about three wheels. <laughs> okay. Three wheel story, we call it. Okay, it was, it, this happened, this happened back in the Soviet Union. It was the last year of my being there. I parked my car overnight near the house instead of parking it in the garage. So next morning, when I was about to go with my daughter to the swimming pool, the next door neighbor suddenly attracted my attention. And he was so agitated. And he spoke fast and he spoke and spoke and spoke and he was pointing to the vehicle. So I couldn't understand what he was saying. And... Um, when I went behind the car, I realized that two back tires were gone. And instead of them, there were two brick structures supporting the car. So if I would if I would start driving, I would go back and the car would fall. So I thought, my first thought was, oh, thank God my mom is not there because she would come immediately with an advice. And suddenly her voice showed up okay and she said huh you didn't park the car in the garage and look what happened so at that moment i thought that god was somewhere else not on my side and my mom said jana this what happens when the car does doesn't spend the night in the garage and this was not the end of her thoughts my mom went through the World War II, and she knows that people should survive in any circumstances. So she continued. You have to drive the car in the garage now. So I looked at her and I said, Mom, it has three tires. How will I do it? And she said, Jana, you want it, you do it. You want it, <laughs> you, you do, do it. it. Yes, yes. Yes, we'll never forget it. That is wonderful. Thank you. My pleasure. Find us at internationalwomeninfilm.com. Find Michelle at Michelle Trainer on Twitter. M I C H E L E Trainer. 
or email IWIF at michellethetrainer.com. Find Michelle at michellethetrainer.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E, thetrainer.com. And visit Michelle's blog at engineeringwellness.com. Thank you all for listening.